Westbrook knocked it away from Paul. Yet another turnover by Chris Paul. Here's Westbrook on the drive. Wow. He does it at both ends. The steal and the bucket. Welcome to the Loud Noises Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Haneke. We are a day away from the NBA season once we post this. Uh, so we are going to preview the Western Conference um, because it's the Thunder and we're really only concerned with the Western Conference. But mostly we're just excited for the season to start. Um, there's a lot of storylines to cover. Uh, and I wanted to bring on one of our old friends who hasn't been on in a long time. So we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, you know him well. His name is James Holas. Uh, snotty dripping on Twitter. He writes for B-Ball Breakdown. He is the he's the host of the Instant Offense podcast as well. Uh, James, what's up? It's been a long time. Like I said, we haven't talked since before the playoffs. I think since then I've become more techno- technologically advanced. I, know. I don't know if you can. He- I don't know if you can hear it. I have a nice new microphone. I'm talking nice and close into it. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks what's for having up, me on. I appreciate it. You sound so good. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. I can do radio now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, man. A lot's changed since we last talked, man. So it's, it's going to be exciting. Good talk. I'm ready. Yeah, nothing, nothing's really changed for the Thunder. Right? <laughs> just just one little thing. Um, and that's what I know. So we're already getting comments on our Facebook about like people like, stop talking about Durant. But it's kind of like he keeps talking, so we keep having more things to talk about. Um, I, I haven't, Like I said, I haven't talked to you since his decision, obviously. So I'm just curious because you're obviously – a neutral party here that um, one of the few we talked to on this program. So I'm just curious where you are with the whole off season Durant decision in the, well, let's start there. What did you, what do you think of Durant's decision? Okay. Let's be real. I was like a thunder fan adjacent. Yeah. Uh, for I know. The last couple of years I've been, I'm always with the guy who's calling for them to, you know, oh, they're going to make the final. Yeah. And all that. So I do um, feel like you're more objective than everyone else though. And that's kind of what I appreciate about it was like, I, I yeah. do try to be man. But, yeah. And here's the thing. So I was really shocked when he left. Um, and it's, you know what, for all the people complaining about you guys talking about it, like the guy, it's going to take, it's going to take more than two months to unpackage. People are going to have to process this. It's going it's, it's, I mean like any breakup and this is a breakup, like any breakup it's going to take oh, yeah. time. And you know, you've got to talk about it sometimes and face it. And you, you know, the, 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 the stages of grief, there's been anger, there's disbelief. <laughs> no, and let's be real. I mean, this, he was, he was everything to the franchise for nine years. And then out of the blue, you know, I guess to, to most fans and, and writers, out of the blue, he just left. So, I, I mean, it's a big deal. So, um, to the people who are saying, you know, just get over it, I get it. You want to move past it, but it's going to take time for everybody. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't like the fact, well, he can leave for whatever reason he wanted. He could have just said, I felt like it, and that's fine. The reasons he's giving, they make sense. I mean, again, um, I don't know if you might not have saw this. I wrote something about maybe in December. Times of relationships, you know, it's over for no real reason. It just ran its course, you know. And yeah. like one day, one day you look up and you're making toast, and you look up, and you don't realize that you look across at the person, at the person across <laughs> from you, at the table, and you just realize I don't care about this person at all. It just runs its course, and, and it's not even like a bad thing. It just yeah. happens. And I kind of get that vibe. I, I I said this several times. I got this vibe from OKC that they weren't having fun, that not they were going through the motions, but like it, everything was a chore. So once he now he's saying these things about a fresh start and. And, um, you know, it's time for the next chapter in his life. I get it, you know. And, you know, I, it's it sucks for everybody involved. I wish he had stayed after the great show in the playoffs. But his excuses make sense. Now, the problem I do have is what he's he's coming out saying, yeah, these guys are so selfless. 
Because, uh, yeah, there are shots at OKC. Yeah. It's unnecessary shots at OKC. You know, they 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 bet his every whim for nine years, and now he does this. And um, another big thing I have a problem with is the fact that he's like, yeah, every year we kept getting younger. We never brought in that third guy, whatever. <laughs> Imagine if that was LeBron James' team. Yeah. Nine-year vet, MVP. He goes to ownership and says, we need to do this right now. Yeah. I don't care how you do it. Get it done. And, I mean, that just – it's not bad. KD's not LeBron. That's fine. He doesn't have that mentality, and I guess he was more of a – I'm going to let ownership do their thing kind of thing. But it shows you just a difference in mentality. So I, I'm disappointed in Kevin Durant. I'm disappointed we're not going to see that competition between OKC and the rest of the elite teams anymore. Um, and it kind of changes the way I look at him as far as – I stood up for him before. I said he can be the you know the the guy on any team. And, and yeah, he had his bumps and bruises, but he's an elite player, second best player in the NBA. I still think he's second best player in the NBA. But with that kind of mentality, it kind of – it shifts. I shift the way I look at him long term. I guess legacy wise. So yeah, I kind of agree with everything you just said and how you uh, mentioned what he his comments this week about uh, the team getting younger and all that. And it's kind of like yeah, that was kind of I think all of Thunder fans' reaction was like, dude, like you had kind of open reign to suggest anything you wanted. So why is this just now coming out? And then he had the quote about Westbrook and him being work friends, which was just like, okay, dude, like you used to talk about how you, he would call and you would cry we're, on the phone with him. and We're brothers, all that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, he's, he's switching it up now a little bit. And yeah. I, from what I – you know, that, I remember that Royce Young piece where Royce pretty much said that he has a lot of outside influences yeah. now. Like his father's back in his life and his entourage grew. And, like, it, all of a sudden there's, all, there's other people hanging around that weren't there before. Yeah. So I, I I get it. I believe it when people say he's he's impressionable. His, and not even impressionable. I look, he's 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 changed. He's different than he was five years ago, four years ago. It happens. Right. And I yeah, I covered a lot of this last week. His dad blocked us on Twitter, by the way. He of used, course. He used to be nice to us and then he got mad at us. Um but I'm curious though, because you're talking about like how you think of him less, and that's kind of what's interesting to me too, is like I think this idea that there's people out there that are like, Well, he just wanted to get rings. It's like I get that, that's great and if he says that, but I do Personally, I think that his legacy would have been better if he stuck it out and won one in OKC. Do you do you look at stuff like that, or do you think anything like that that maybe winning a ring with OKC was worth more than say if he wins three with the Warriors or something? Undoubtedly, I think that's been like the that's been like the feeling going around that like one in OKC is worth three in Golden State. And, and, and to it, be it, fair, it may- just like for me, like it, I think one in Boston means more. It's like if he would have done that or something like that, where if, it's just. The fact that it's Golden State, I think, is what really makes it bad, to me at least. Well, not even Boston, though, I say, because Boston already has a, a gang of, of, yeah. uh, of banners up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, and, and it's even Boston, like, they, they, you know, they, they brought in a super team. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. traded a super team. But, like, you know, the homegrown kid, they stick it out. They went, you know, toe to toe Golden State this year. They went back next year and had that, you know, that next step and maybe added some on the offseason. You know that it means more. They grew a championship there, and yeah. that like him and Russ went through all the battles for years together. And they they won one. That would mean more. And I might even say mean more. It just it's hard to it. Hey, a ring's a ring. If they win one, you're gonna call him a championship. Yeah. But um, it's yes. I I would view him totally different. That's why I think we 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 clasp on to Dirk in 2011 so tight because Dirk stuck it out. You know, yeah. Dirk stuck it out. They had a cast around him that kind of churned through a roster. So they found something that worked. And they won one, and that like I'm 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 pretty sure you ask any Dallas fan, you know that's a seminal moment in their in their fanhood. So, 
Yeah, it, it would have meant more than him going there and now, now winning one in Golden State. Yeah, and, and Dirk now has it made where he just kind of plays it out every year. And it's like, I don't think anyone's getting on him for them not if they wouldn't make the playoffs or something. And it's like, or, yeah. and even if he did want to leave, I think people would be like, yeah, if you want to go ring chase again, like, we respect that. I, no one would hold that again. If Dirk, right. hit, Dirk went to the front office and said, hey, move me, I need, I need to go somewhere and have a chance, one more chance, one other ring. I guarantee you, he's still a hero in in uh, in Dallas. Yeah, no exactly. one would, no one would, would, would one bit. No one would actually look at him and say anything negative about Dirk because he already won there. He already, he already, he already took him to the promised land. Yeah. So, and then just one more like question on this topic before we move on. But I'm just curious, like, because you're a fan of the league as a whole, obviously. And do you like? Is this something that's exciting for you for the league, or does it make it less exciting for you? Because I know for me, obviously, we're very biased, but it's like I just think this is just okay. Now we have two teams, and this isn't exactly the most exciting landscape of the league we've had. But is this something you're excited about to have basically two dominant teams that are most likely going to meet again year after year? It's funny. I was just listening to the uh, Zach Lowe Howard Beck uh, podcast. On, yeah. Uh, on, if you ever listened to that one, yeah, it was really good. And Howard pretty much said the same thing that he, what I'm going to say right now is that. Like, all right, of course, I want to see it in action. Almost, you know, like you'd want to see a you'd want to see a tiger stalking a a, a baby deer. Yeah, because it's gonna it's so it's so brutal and efficient and just like it's gonna be it's gonna be awe inspiring some nights. But then in the big scheme of things, you it's like OKC was a you know OKC actually challenged Golden State without Kevin Durant. Clippers could challenge them maybe. Uh, the Spurs could put together, you know, add one point. But now it's to the point where I don't think it ruins the season, but it takes a lot of the drama out of it. Because having, you know, I mean, it's a it's a done deal. Cleveland and Golden State are gonna be in the finals. Yeah. You know, last year there was a little bit of, uh, you know, go hey, OKC gave them a scare. That's that's what it's all about: the drama, the intrigue of the league. So now it's uh, it takes away a little bit. But as a fan overall in general, yes, I said this the other day on so on Twitter. It, sometimes I was watching them in the preseason. It doesn't look real. Still, it doesn't. It doesn't look real to see Golden to see Kevin Durant in a Golden State jersey and to see him passing to Clay, passing to Steph, passing to Dre for a three. It doesn't even look like it's. It's. It doesn't even look. Doesn't even look right. Yeah. Almost. No, and you get to the point too where it's like they can give guys a night off, and it's still they're still going to be the best team. In the like you give Clay Thompson a night off, you still have Durant and Curry and Draymond, and then like you go down the line. It's the same way. And it's just yeah. I I think <laughs> um, the excitement. I don't know. We'll see. I, it will be interesting to see at least in the beginning, but yeah, over a six month stretch, it might get a little tiresome. Um, but since we're talking about the league now, let's go through the league. I kind of want to preview it. Uh, like I said, we're going to stick mostly to Western conference, but I know you're a Celtics guy. So I do want to get your take on them. And I guess, but I guess I'll frame it in this way. Cause we're talking about the Cavs. Do you think the Celtics are the only team that can, I mean, what teams in the East do you think can challenge the Cavs? I guess I should say. Uh, the Cavs B team because <laughs> only only challenge they'll have is against themselves in scrimmages. Honestly, <laughs> um, I really like what Boston did. Al Horford's a, a huge get for the franchise as a whole, as far as you know, a free agent signing, which is a big deal. And then as you know, I think he's still he's still a great great player. To me, he's still like a top five or six center, uh, and he does so much. So I think it's it's really great. But at the same time. Boston was already so far behind Cleveland that it doesn't quite put us in that stratosphere. The only stratosphere, there's there's a, a couple different tiers in the East, and the first tier, the top tier, is Cleveland by themselves, still. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't rebound well against Cleveland in the playoffs when he was with uh, Atlanta. That's not going to change. 
uh, him and Amir Johnson, sure, they they'll they're going to be game. They'll they'll fight, but um, Boston doesn't Boston doesn't have the shooting and doesn't have the the there's no LeBron stopper, so no one has that. So no, nah, it'll be fun though. I, I'm I'm really happy with where Boston's going. Yeah. Um, did you ever? <laughs> sorry to keep coming back to him, but did you think at all that Durant was going to go there? No, I no. didn't. I, I was yeah. Even when he just gave the you know uh, he he sat down with him for the talk, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I there was no there was no chance he was going there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah. I would have I was more, rather lived with that than living with what we're living with now. But hey, <laughs> I was more excited about the prospect of maybe once once uh, Katie left and there was talk of you know oh well now if they can't lock up Westbrook no, they, now yeah. they're, I was more excited about the prospect of sending guys for Westbrook than getting Kevin Durant. Yeah, well, okay, and we, I'm going to get into the Western Conference, but now that you mentioned Russ, let's talk about Russ a little bit, because I know you're, you're as big a Russ guy as anyone out there. Um, how Were you surprised when the whole, when he kind of signed his extension? Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love Russ, and I love what it, I, I just – I think everyone thought this. I didn't think either one was going to leave, but I thought if one of them yeah. was going to leave, it would be, be Russ, and I thought once Kevin Durant left, that was his, his open, just to be like, all right, well – you know, I'm going to do what I do next year. Let's not worry about it. But I had a feeling that I'm glad he stayed. And I was hoping he stayed. But, you know, I thought once KD left, it was more likely that Russ left. And I heard people saying, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of even like big nation, national guys were saying, people were asking them, hey, what are the chances Russ extends? Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. He's not going to be there by the All-Star break. And, um, you know, since he resigned, he signed his extension. And now reading the comments, he said, he's like, I was never going anywhere. Now is is, this, is he spinning it? Who knows? But it he's I've said this for a couple of years. He's been the the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. Uh, KD was the best player, but he I mean watching him roar, watch the way the fans react to him. I always come back to the, that picture of Kevin Durant sitting with his back to Russ taking those free throws against the Clippers. Yeah. That like to me th- that epitomizes so much how how their personalities and what they mean to the franchise and. It's not like really a knock on KD. It's just that that's how Russ is a force of nature. So um, I didn't expect it, and I'm really happy for OKC that he stayed. That is a great photo. <laughs> did you did you read the uh, Westbrook Lee Jenkins piece this week? I sure did. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean, let's talk about that too because that was kind of the funny thing too. Is Durant had his Rolling Stone one, and Westbrook had his. Lee Jenkins. When I told everyone, my takeaway mostly was just that you should have Lee Jenkins write your profile as opposed to someone from Rolling Stone because it was just like every tidbit in there made Westbrook come off swelling like roses. How much of that do you think was spin? How much of that do you think was like he might just be in this for the right reasons? Um, I, I'm going to say 50-50. Maybe, <laughs> maybe even – look, honestly, look. Russ, Russ is a, a, a brand unto himself. He has PR people. So when all this happened, you know he had people sit down strategizing saying, well, hey – yeah. All right. If you're going to resign already, let's spin it this way. You're going to be the hometown guy who, who the one who stayed. You're you're going to be the hero here. So, while there's a nugget of truth behind all this, of course, I mean, he did get almost nine million dollars more, and that helped. <laughs> um, but so I think it's about I'll say fifty fifty because I think he really does enjoy it in OKC. I think, like he says, he enjoys the war. He enjoys going to battle with whoever's there, and and he likes the challenge and so uh yeah 50 50 it's it's a great story and i love it i love it yeah i love the uh the cupcake thing i didn't realize like, that was <laughs> nice to have that, that was explained. yeah and it's like wow yeah. westbrook is artistic and he's subtle in his metaphors that's great um let's get into the western conference uh, i kind of want to 
just kind of rank the teams, what we think. So we're going to go 15 to 1 um, and just kind of well, – I'll go 1 and then you can go 1 and we'll see where we end up, see where we just differ. Yeah, so my 15th team, and it's only because I like Luke Walton and I can't put the Lakers last, uh, is I'm doing the Phoenix last because I just don't know what Phoenix is. <laughs> and then okay. Just, that's really all I got on Phoenix. I mean I have not, not much else to add there to them. Uh, I'm going to go the Lakers last, but just for the fact that – uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little more more Phoenix when I get when I get to them in this ranking. Uh, I'm going to Lakers last. That's a good thing for them. They they uh, they're going to get another high draft pick, yeah. and they're going to be. I mean, I, I think they're going to have really exciting nights, but I don't think there's enough veteran talent there. I'm not big on big. I'm not big on Lou Will. I'm not big on Nick Young. Mozgov got that unbelievable contract for some reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be fun to watch watch D'Angelo Russell and, and Brandon Ingram and Randall grow a bit, but. I think they're going to have a lot of lumps to take because they can't play defense. Are you familiar with college basketball at all, by the way? Because I'm, I'm not. I'm not either. I'm just wondering if there's a decent draft class. I'm, I always am curious how it is, and then it's like, eh, I never know anything, and all of a sudden, there's names. I started doing. I started doing my research about uh, January time frame for the draft. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, and then number four. I mean, that's my 14 team Lakers. I think for the reasons you said, they're young. Um, but who knows? I, I think Ingram, in like the few minutes I watched him play, he looks exciting. He looks like he should eat about 17 more cheeseburgers a day, but um, maybe one day he'll get there. Yeah, um, I, I like I like him a lot. I, I don't. I just me and uh, I was on another part this summer. We talked about it. I don't know if I see superstar in him yet, and it's a long way. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. He's he's pretty much unformed clay, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, uh, so. I got Phoenix next. Uh, I think Phoenix is going to be re- really good for the just for, because Eric Bledsoe. I think they have a proven star who who actually or near star who can actually do a lot of things. I think that Marquise Chris is going to be better than advertised. He already looks great, and I think once Tyson Chandler's on the court running pick and roll with Bledsoe, we might see them actually be effective a little bit offensively and defensively. So, yeah, they're not going to be world beaters, um, but Eric Bledsoe seems to be all in with the young guys. Tyson Chandler, I know he might be grumbling a little bit, but he's he can he can still be a game changer if they get him to buy in. Uh, so they're they're a ways away, but I, yeah, they're, they're my they're my fourteen. I'm like unreasonably biased against Eric Bledsoe just because I I do fantasy basketball and I've had him like two or three years in a row, and he's like burnt. It just he always gets hurt at the worst time, and so I'm just like I don't trust him. But he I think he is very good when he's playing, and it's like I think a lot of it hinges on him being healthy. Um, thirteen, I believe you both have the same team, Sacramento. Correct. Yes. Um, I'm excited. For, gonna... yeah, I'm excited for them to have a new arena. That's cool. <laughs> but beyond that, I, yeah, I don't have. I don't. I mean, I, is Boogie going to get traded? I don't know. I, it, it all signs seem to point to it. Um, I read this the article they had on their owner about Vivek, uh, how he's blaming people. He, he it, it's just fascinating. It just sounds Those like words. an awful ownership situation there. It, it, they went from they went from from bad to to just as bad almost. You know, they almost lost the team, and then this guy takes over, and it's like they sold their soul, and it's not. It's almost like uh, you ever read that story, The Monkey's Paw? Be careful what you wish for. No, but it sounds interesting. Yeah, so it's basically well, just read it if you get a chance to. But basically, it, the, the moral of that story is: be careful what you wish for, because even if you get it, you might get it in a way that you don't want it. So yeah. they got to keep their team. It doesn't look like like anything's gotten any better. I'm only excited to see uh, Malachi Richardson. I think he can. I think he's gonna be really good. Yeah, and Willie Colley Steen. I like Willie Colley. Yeah, it's funny we're talking about the ownership, and I think uh, it, 
baseball season, obviously, but A-Rod, I don't know if you watch baseball at all, but Alex Rodriguez is super good on TV, and uh, he keeps talking about how, like, the ownership with the Cubs has been, like, the huge reason why they're actually good now, and it's, it is funny that I think we don't, I mean, we probably do, but it's like, you can see how important ownership is when you have a good situation, like, in baseball with the Cubs, and you have a terrible situation with Sacramento, it just bleeds into everything else, Um, and even, like, the Clippers, they, I don't know, I like Ballmer, and you can kind of see how that turned things around, so... Uh, just interesting, but well, Clippers um, is the Clippers is the GM. That's the problem yeah, with Clippers. Yeah, exactly. But I think their owner came in and he's actually down to do some stuff. Well, I, yeah, he's not yeah. racist. So that's yeah. Good. yeah, that's a good start. Uh, yeah. And he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and they were fun. So, um, who do I have? I have number twelve. I have New Orleans just because I don't know who's going to play that. It's like they're another team that everyone's heard all the time. They're kind of like a revolving door. Um, if Anthony Davis can be healthy, obviously they have more potential. And then Drew Holiday has his personal thing, which is obviously more important. So depending on when he comes back, but I just don't know if there's just too many teams in the West. I think someone's got to be bad. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Denver here, though. Yeah. I think again, and there's kind of the Lakers, Phoenix reasoning. They actually uh, they don't have that star yet. They don't, and they have a lot of good youth, and I think they're going to be a lot of fun and. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching uh, Jokic and and Nurkic and 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 uh, Moutier. It's going to be a lot of fun there, but I don't think they win a lot of games. I got Denver there, yeah. And yeah. I'm not really high. I'm not really high on their uh, their point guard, their rookie. Yeah, What's his name. Uh, isn't it Murray? Not not Murray, is it? Yeah, Jamal Murray. Yeah, yep, Murray. Jamal Murray. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not as high. I'm not as high as Jamal Murray. A lot of people are. Yeah, he he kind of floated around our fantasy draft too, and no one grabbed him. So I don't know if a lot of people are. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I just know a lot of people are like surprisingly. I keep seeing a few people on Twitter like, "Don't sleep on Denver. Like they might be okay this year." And I, I don't know what that means. And again, it's kind of like I don't. I put a lot of stock in other people's opinions too. So I, I'm too scared to form my own. But uh, well, they, you know what? Here's the thing with Denver. They did the same thing last year. Right. People were saying. I remember. I remember. I remember succinctly in in preseason, people were saying the same thing. Oh, they could be really good, and it's it's okay. Young teams just sometimes aren't very good. Yeah, well, I, I think I think yeah. Moutier is two years away from being a, a real high level point guard. I think uh, Murray's a couple years away too. They, they're just not. They're just young, man. Yeah. Um. Well, I think so. I I had Denver eleven. I'm. A, did you have New Orleans eleven? Um. Yes. 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 New Orleans is next. And yeah. So I think. 10 through 8, I think, is going to be kind of up for grabs. I think there's teams here that it kind of depends on a lot of different factors. I have 10th. I have Dallas, but I'm fully prepared to eat that because every year it seems like Rick Carlisle and Dirk just drag their team to the playoffs somehow or another. Um, but I just think sooner or later it has to end, right? Um, so that's they're my 10th pick, but I could easily see them being higher. And that's where it's really hard, man, because I hate betting against Dallas. Yeah. I know that Carlisle, Carlisle's a warlock. You know what I'm saying? He's going to yeah. ring every last ounce of talent on that team. And Wes Matthews is a year healthier. Uh, Paris Barnes That's is at true. least healthy and ambulatory. You know, Dirk has Dirk has a uh, Bogut backing him up now, and that's that's a big deal, man. So it's like it's. But I got to go with what I think. Who's going to be in front of them? I think they're going to be very good and competitive. I don't think they'll be a top eight team. So yeah, I'm going to go Dallas there too. Yeah. We're going to both be sorry we said this. I know. Also, Mark Cuban's having a great year. He's kind of like become this political go-to somehow. He's like speaking his mind, and I respect that about him. And so, I don't know. Maybe it's got some – we're talking about ownership having good vibes. Who knows? I'm ready to eat this pick already, but let's move on. Uh, I have ninth is Minnesota. I know they're everyone's like uh, sexy pick to make the playoffs. They're obviously young. I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch this year. I just think they're – 
a year away, but that's another one where I'm fully ready to say maybe uh, uh, Thibodeau is a, a mastermind and he's going to flip it in one year. So, But I have them at ninth. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I just think they're still a year away, man. It just it takes more than – in fact, I'm going to actually put uh, them. Let's flip-flop them. they will be my 10th. I'm going to put Dallas 9th. Uh. So let's talk back by them. So they're my 10th. But, yeah, I just – look, I get it. Uh, but people don't talk about how Thibodeau stepped into a playoff team in Chicago because Vinny already had them in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Vinny Del Negro. So it's not like he – I just want to see him, how he deals with these young boys. And, I mean – Cat, as good as he's going to be eventually, it's only year two. I mean, he's going to be good. The numbers are going to be there. I don't know how. He's he's only year two. So, I mean, I think it's fine. I hope hope people don't think we're dissing uh, Minnesota by saying they're going to miss the playoffs. But, yeah. And and I'd actually – I'd prefer them to be the eight seed because I think Minnesota in round one against Golden State would be – Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's my spoiler alert. Sorry if you didn't know who my number one would be. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so my number eight – and this is a team I don't feel great about because they're also – I don't know where they – but – it's another one where they just kind of show up every year. Uh, Memphis, I, I'm biased towards their coach. He's a USD grad, and uh, that's where I went. And so I, I really want him to do well for that reason. Um, but, yeah, I think – I don't know. They have Marcus Gasol. They got Conley. They seem like everyone's still there. But, so they'll, I like Memphis for that. But, it, obviously, Parsons, if he can stay healthy, that helps them. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, my my thing with Memphis is, uh, and they're, they're not my pick, but I, I it's it's they can go anywhere between eight and five. I just they they have so much new new faces. I think they're doing a whole new uh, they're running a whole new scheme. Uh, I was listening to again that Zach Lopod and Zach was saying how their new coach says they're no longer just worried about packing the paint. Now they're going to be out pressuring the ball and pressuring the three point line. So they're going to have to undo all this years of 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 hardwired training they've been you know they put themselves through. That, that team is. It's in their DNA how they play. It's going to yeah. change it up. So I think they might have some problems. So I got yeah. them lower, but I don't. I don't got them eight. I got Houston as my eight, oh. and that I'm fully prepared for them to make me eat that eat my words too. Because offensively, they they might be lights out. They might be so good offensively. Yeah. So that yeah. The defense doesn't matter. Yeah, Houston was the team last year that everyone was like super high on, and they burned everybody and just had an awful year. And it's like it seems like it's going to go the other way this year. Everyone's kind of like cooled off on them, and then they're going to be like, hey, we're still really good. Dwight Howard's gone. Like maybe we're happy again. Um, exactly. I think it. I think people are overcorrecting this year. It's, they barely made the playoffs last year, so you know they're they're going to do it again this year. But I mean, they they're they're disregarding the human factor. James Harden has heard every word been said about him. He knows he came into last season out of shape. Um, Dan Dan Tony runs a, a whole different offensive set. They're going to be. I think they're going to be really good. So yeah. I think I'm I'm fully prepared for them to finish like four or five. Yeah. Also, Harden doesn't have a Kardashian to start this year, which could help. So, um, number seven for me Ouch. is another team that I I think uh, everyone I think people are very high on them, but I I don't know I'm not as much as Portland. Um, I just think that they kind of overachieved last year, and the, although the the Northwest Division is going to be tight this year because I think OKC, Utah, and Portland are all going to be competitive, and it's going to kind of be interesting to see when they play each other who emerges. Um, but I just think Portland is the weakest link of those three. I put them at seven. It's funny because uh, this this podcast won't be that much fun because we're not going to really argue because I think Portland's going to be <laughs> six or seven this year too. I just I look at that roster and I, I get it. I get the the whole idea is they're using the Golden State blueprint. They're going to be switchy. They're going to have a lot of three-pointers going up. They're going to have long, athletic guys on the wings. And, uh, you know, Mason Plumlee's doing his best Dre impersonation. But, I mean, they just don't have the personnel. And I think, oh, I just look at all that money they threw out. So, yeah, I think I'm going to match you there. And I'll put 
Portland there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm hoping. For, not that everyone wants to hear me talk about a fantasy team, but yeah, I had Damian. I had to get Damian Lillard somehow, and it's like I do think there's a world where he can just have an MVP type season if he really just everything comes together for him. I don't think it'll happen, but. You never know. You know what? If I, if you look at if you look at his numbers like last season, he was up there. He yeah. he had a season for the ages. Yeah, seriously, like twenty was twenty five, seven, and almost five. I mean, those are that's that's elite. That's elite production, yeah. man. Yeah. So cool. the guy can really. I, 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 it's crazy. It seems- there's been a little bit of there's been a little bit of backlash against him this year, where people are like, "Oh, he's not as good as people think he is. He's overrated," which is really weird to me. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that they made a big deal about him not making the All Star team. The Portland fans almost just went too hard at it, and it's kind of like, "Okay, we get it. Like he got his All NBA team. Settle down. Damian's good. We respect him." But yeah, I hope he maybe he has that chip on his shoulder too. So. Um, I, I should say, yeah, I think, I think pretty much four through eight is like four through 10 really is just kind of up for grabs or I guess four through eight. Cause I don't, some of those teams, but there could be a lot of fluctuation, um, between the, the middle of the pack here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I have my six team is another team. That I think a lot of people are high on. I see people putting them like up to like a three seed is Utah also in the Northwest division. And it's one of those things like where I get it. They have a lot of solid pieces. I just don't know like who is even their best player. Like, and I guess that's a good problem to have that they have different guys on different nights that can be their best player. But I just think you need like one guy to really carry it for you. And that's why I don't know if I'm not as high on them, but I can see why people are high on them. Okay. And so with this number, this is number six, right? Yeah. This um, is six. I think that's where I'm going to put. Who did I do number seven? Was that Memphis? You did Portland. And then I think you put, you said Memphis was higher. Is it my, Memphis in Portland? Memphis yeah, yeah. is going to be six. Yep, Memphis there you go. I'm putting six. Memphis right there okay. at six. Yep. And we're writing this down because I'm, I'm going to forget all about these. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I got Memphis at six. Uh, yeah, just what we talked there's, about. Yeah, they're still going to be really good. It's just I don't know when they. It's going to take them a while to get back into it. And I'm dude, just the fact that they paid Conley 153 million dollars. Holy crap. Yeah, I know he's the most highest paid guy in the league. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of like him. Um, number five for me. I got Houston. You had them at eight. Um, kind of what we talked about. I just think that it's their year to come back, and I think someone's got to be good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they're five. I'm going to put Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City yeah. going to finish number five. Uh, and I, I think, again, like you said, I think four through eight, it's going to be one of those toss-ups where they might be separated by three or four games, and, you know, tiebreakers will be needed. So that's, I'm not – yeah, they're all going to be about the same, I guess. But, yeah, I think OKC finishes there. I think Russ is going to do a really – we're going to see another evolution of Russ. Um, he's going to have great scoring nights too, but I think we're also going to see he might have a 20-assist night, um, just finding guys everywhere. He's going to have another – he might have a 15-rebound night one night. He's going to be that – he's going to be filling in the glue from the point guard position, man. It's going to be exciting to see. He's never had that 20-assist night. He's had games where he's had like 14 assists in the first quarter and then it's or the first half, and then it's like – He'll just slow down, and then by the fourth quarter, he's not in. I really want him to have a twenty twenty game, and it's like it's kind of crazy that he hasn't had one yet. I think he had a twenty assist game, but they he got called back. Like they they re- yeah, they, I they reviewed that. it. Yeah, they reviewed it when it got pulled away. So yeah, but um, yeah, I just I love I, I like the additions. I'm a little bit worried about Oladipo because he's so streaky Me and he looks so bad in the preseason. Yeah, and there's I, I, I'm also worried because a lot of people are high on him, and it's kind of, they're saying like, oh, don't sleep on Oladipo, and it's like, well, maybe there's a reason why everyone's like sleeping on Oladipo, and there's a reason why he didn't work out. Um, that's the pessimist side of me. Also, Kyle Singler like looked really great in preseason, so I don't know what to make of that. But if he could, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I'll 
I'll yeah. say this: his his season and a half in OKC has been the has been really good before in Detroit. So I think maybe he's getting accustomed and the pressure and playing a new role. Let's just say that because he's looked outstanding this this uh, this preseason. And maybe he just didn't like being behind Durant. He feels free now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm better than this guy. I'm playing behind him. So maybe just do him off. Here, let's in the middle of this because we were talking about Westbrook. Who's your MVP pick? Is it? Do you got Westbrook? Uh, no, I want to, but I mean, I'm just gonna just because of the 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 history's been set, the president's been set, right? He's the yeah. he's it. This is how it is, right? So he, they're going to finish fifth or fourth. Uh, they're not even if they win, uh, they just they just don't have enough wins that the the for whatever reason the writers have made it like that, which is ridiculous, right? I mean, yeah. if you put LeBron on a really bad team and they won, you know, instead of winning 15 games without him, they won 40. Yeah. Are you going to tell me that, oh, but, yeah, the team didn't win enough, and, he, yeah, so he's not MVP consideration. That's ridiculous. So um, he, his number's going to be there for it, but uh, I, I got to go with LeBron. LeBron's probably going to get it. They're going to win a lot of games in the East. He's going to get – he's going to go 25, 7, and 7 in his sleep. Yeah, and I do think the narrative's in his favor, too, that I think everyone's kind of – this is like the – I mean, I guess it has been since he's been in Cleveland, but people are actually really going to be rooting for him this year to kind of – as the foil to the Golden State thing. Yeah, the Westbrook. I mean, it's like it seems like everyone was so in on that, and everyone's kind of peeled back. Like, wait, I don't know. It just seems too too simple that he could dominate the league, so um, or dominate with the numbers he had that one year. Um, number four, I have OKC at four. Um, not much more to say there. We covered it. <laughs> that's the that's the beehive you hear in Utah. Yeah, I think the Jazz get the four, baby. Yeah, you, the chance to get the you, four. you make the Utah case because I've heard some people make it, but I'm like, I don't know. Okay, so last year they missed the playoff by one game. They missed it with, uh, I think, Favors and Gobert missed like a solid two weeks together. So they were Gobert the missed a lot. Season. I remember him missing. Gobert missed and when he yeah. and once he came back, he was still never quite right. He is, uh, yeah. he tweaked his knee or something. So um, they had a lot of other injuries too. So. And they already started off a little bit bad now with uh, Gordon Hayward. But I think they went from having one of the worst starting point guards in the league to one of the best. Well, not one of the best. To a, to a, a high-quality one in George Hill. You're going from you know Raul Neto or, or Trey Burke <laughs> to George Hill. I think George Hill, to me, is a top 12, 15 point guard. He's very, yeah. very good. Underrated guy. He's just solid. He's gonna, he doesn't make mistakes. And he, he, he's a dead-eye spot-up shooter off of Gordon and Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood is an underrated player as a pick-and-roll ball handler. So we'll yeah. see that a lot this year, too. Um, then I think adding adding Diaw and Johnson to the bench, so the bench went from just being some kind of scrub to actually quality, high quality yeah. player. Um, I think that Trey Lyles, I wasn't high on him getting drafted, but he's looked really good last year at times. And this this preseason, he looked outstanding. He gives them another adds another big that's versatile and stretch the floor. You can play him beside either Favor or Gobert. Now they're so versatile, man. I, I think they can play anyway. They can go big. They can go small. They're deep. Um, Alex, Alec Burke is back and he was, uh, he was missing most last year. I think he broke his leg. So I, I just, I just think, you know, I think they were winning at a, don't quote me on this, but before all the injuries started, they were winning at like a, a 50 something game, 50, 50 something win pace. Wow. Injuries hit them last year. So yeah, I think they're going to be really good, man. All very good points. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't know who their one guy is that I'm, and that's why I don't know. But I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think that I can totally see the case for it. Um, my hot, my whole hot takey thing all year is going to be that I think if Westbrook really wants to be a superstar in this league, he needs to kind of take his team to that level to where they can be a con- 
still be a contender because I think that's what being one of the best in the league is, is kind of winning your division when there's teams that maybe aren't as good as you. So um, that's just my whole hot takey thing. But I just it's it's just going to be hard, man. Cause, yeah. I mean, I think I once Steven Adams hits the bench, I, what are they going to do defensively? You know, yeah. that's where that's, that's where the, the problem scary is. thing. They got to find somebody who can play defense off the bench. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but they got they got a, a big man who can defend off the bench. They got to find somebody. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't have anybody either who's like who's available. I don't know. Um, let's just go to the top three teams. Uh, and it's my number three is San Antonio. Um, I just I think one thing with them is they kind of they know as well as anybody that the regular season only means so much. So I think they're going to definitely pace themselves like they always do. And that's why I think if it comes down to fighting for a two or three seed, I don't think they're too concerned with that because being the two seed last year didn't really help them once it came to the playoffs. Uh, I just, I really, I'm really interested, interested to see how San Antonio plays without their heart and soul. Right. You know, it's like, this is not just like, uh, that's a big deal. And yeah. I think it's it, and already we're hearing things about LaMarcus Aldridge maybe uh you know rattling cages a little bit. So Did you did you buy into those rumors? Yes. For yeah. the simple fact that I've heard uh through uh trusted sources on and it's funny I'm saying that cuz I'm not I'm not a basketball insider or anything yeah. but you know I, I got a, I got some really cool followers and some are, are plugged in and yeah. I've heard before that he had issues with Dame. Or you know he, he was causing issues a little bit in Portland, same kind of stuff. He, just, you know, he he wanted to be the face. He didn't feel like he was getting the the, the uh, respect and stuff he deserved from the franchise. It's kind of and I you know I didn't know if it was true or not, but you you start hearing it again, yeah. and I'm like okay, so I, I I've heard it before. So I don't um now here's the reason I don't think it's true. You think they would have done their background vetting uh, before they brought him in and gave him all this money? And again, he knows he's not stupid. He's going to the Spurs. He knew he would have to make some sacrifices and things would be different. So, who knows? Uh, maybe it's a little bit of smoke. Maybe somewhere in between. You know what I mean? So yeah. No, I mean, yeah. It'd, it'd be interesting to see. Like this is you never really hear stories coming out about there being problems with the Spurs, which I think is why it's so surprising. Like, oh my God, there's a player that might not be 100 percent happy, but it could just be they're just trying to figure it out how to use him again now that Duncan's gone and all that. So. Um, but yeah, regardless, I have them at the three. You know what's real funny though? Yeah. I remember that when uh, there were stories about how they were recruiting him, and he was like, "Are you sure you want me to come here? I don't think this is my type of team." And Pop and them were just telling them, "No, no, we want you to come here and just be yourself." Yeah. So that's kind of it's kind of funny that you know, like you look back and hear that kind of stuff. Even he back then was kind of like, oh, "I don't know if I want to come here because of the way the Spurs are." No, no, we want you to come here. You be you. We'll make it work. And so, yeah. yeah. I mean that's that's a great point. It's like we kind of, I think Popovich is so good and established. It's kind of like, what do you think of Spurs? Where do you have them? Who do you have at three? Uh oh, my bad. I, <laughs> I, I almost changed it just so we could have a little contention here, but I got them. I got them three too. You got them three also. I, there are gonna be a couple of games behind the number two, which we both know. We both got the Clippers there, so yeah. I think regular season Clippers are just so good. Um, if they have you know if if CP three and Blake both play seventy two games, seventy games they're going to win a lot of games, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with the Clippers, too, that it sounds crazy, but, like, they're one of the most, like, they've been together as long as anybody now. 
I mean, compared to all these other teams, Golden State's got a new piece. Obviously, it's a great piece. But then the Thunder are going to be a new team. The Rockets lost Howard. So it's like all the San Antonio lost Duncan. So everyone's kind of adjusting. The Clippers are just kind of that same team, which a year ago everyone kind of made fun of them because they didn't seem that deep. But then they sort of seemed to blend, even though they just had a bunch of injuries. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm high on the Clippers this year. And it's like I always hate the Clippers. But uh, I think it's just – getting to that point where everyone's just so against the Warriors that it kind of seems like, hey, maybe they are the team that if everything goes exactly right, they could at least compete against the Warriors. Um, I don't think they have any chance of actually beating them. but Not this year, no. no. Last year, I, they, they might have had a prayer, but not this year. Yeah. Um, my th- here's, here's my nugget on the Clippers, Clippers is that just like I kind of felt OKC might have plateaued as far as they've been together so long. And, yeah. You, you know, it kind of things kind of – I'm starting to feel that a little bit from the Clippers too. Yeah, I felt I started I start feeling last year a little bit like Blake Griffin is still a great player, but I just feel like something is just not off, but just like they're kind of like, okay, what's next? What, what what are we doing? I feel that too, but I think where I would differ is that I think that this Warriors thing might have reignited them, and they'd be like, all right, you know what? Like now we really do have to go for it. I do think they all kind of are aware that everyone said last year like this is their shot, and if they don't do it now, they never will. And it's like maybe they do have that feeling one more time, like okay, we got everyone here. Hopefully, everyone's healthy. I'm also very biased because I talk about it a lot on here, but I really like JJ Reddick's podcast, and, I, and it just every time I hear him speak about the team, they just seem like a team that really likes each other, and I think that's very important. I like to read into those things, um, but I don't know. Do you listen to Reddick's podcast? I don't. I heard it's really uh, good though. It's so good. It's like it's my favorite podcast, and it's just. But yeah, he he kind of you hear him talk, and it's like the things they they just seem like they're always like on the they hang out and stuff and it's like that's what i like and it seems like obviously the thunder maybe got away from that towards the end and they were a little look, clickish look deandre jordan almost left because he didn't like chris paul I mean, this that's is just true. just a year ago just a year ago <laughs> then like you got blake griffin punching out guys who work for the team so i get it they you know they all seem to come off as this hey haha kind of group but chris paul can there his attitude and his you know his yapping so it's I don't know we'll see yeah, and either way either road. way he meant him and Blake are up for uh for big money next summer and I don't I don't know if both of them stay so yeah well obviously Blake's coming to OKC next year everyone knows that <laughs> um, I, I actually hope that happens so do I I don't think it will I think when you're a guy that wants to do stand-up comedy and you're having fun on the outside I don't know if OKC is that appealing but that's what again why I think Russ Russ's season is so big because not so much just for the team but I think he needs to show that like he, he has the foundation in place so that free agents are going to want to come here and it's obviously a little bit stacked against them because they're in Oklahoma City so there's going to have to be a very strong foundation but I think it could happen um, I'm hoping it does obviously but We'll see. Um, then obviously number one, Golden State, boring. <laughs> Very boring. Do you th- here? Do you think they'll get to seventy two wins? No, I, no. I think they learned their lesson last year. Uh, listening to, uh, and reading what Steve Kerr said, and I've said this all season. It's funny because I, yes, I, no, I, I don't say I hate to be this guy, but no, I don't. I don't mind being a guy. And say yeah, I said this earlier. I told you so. I like that feeling. I feel like I'm, I'm right. Yeah. I know something. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, because like Phil Jackson talked about it, uh, that how hard it is year after year after deep playoff runs and finals to come back next year and give that same energy. It's so hard. And the fact that they, you know, they went to the finals and then they came back and they tried to go balls to the wall for these wins. It's not so much the physical grind of it, but it's like it's, uh, imagine being uh, hyped up with your adrenaline going like 24 seven. 
Yeah. You know, it's a nice little rush, but after a couple of days of that, you're going to be fried. So it's not quite the same. It's not every day, of course. And people are going to listen, oh, wait, they don't do it every day. My point is, you, if you approach every game locked in trying to roll like that, you're going to burn yourself out more mentally than maybe physically. And Steve Kerr said himself, he goes, it's not so much the physical toll, it's like the emotional toll. Trying to go 100 miles an hour every day, every night. And it, it, it yeah. caught up with him. So I think they realize that now. I think KD realized that now. That's what happened to the MVP season. When in the, in the, yeah, in the playoffs, yeah. he kind of started. He started flagging he in the playoffs, and that's why. Oh yeah, yeah. He just he starts I flagging was, every playoffs. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But um, I, I call that when a player's popped. I think you only have so many jumps and so many so many uh, sprints in your legs, and even if you recover overnight or over, or a couple of days, you're still popped. Where your 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 limits have been breached, and now you're gone. You're going on fumes, and um, popped by the time the finals came around. Yeah, um, going back to our old friend, do you think any part, like, I'm curious, what what do you think Durant's psyche is on that? Because it's like, they basically won 73 games last year, and now he comes in, and it's like, oh, we don't care about this record. Obviously, he doesn't seem like the type of person to be, be that way, but it's like, do you think he, at all, any parts of him is like, hey, guys, I want to win more games this year, and they're probably just like, cool, dude, we don't care. Um, no, I don't think so. I think he, I think he, he knows what's going on. He, he understands the drag of playoff runs. He's going to understand that, hey, regular season, that, that doesn't matter. That, you know, records don't matter. They're, and it's funny because on one hand, he, he left because, um, and, you know, this is another article they wrote about this. And an unnamed source said, KD wants to be kind of one of the guys, you know, and he's kind of tired of carrying that weight of the franchise on his shoulders. Well, this is a whole different kind of pressure because, yeah. if sure, they might win this year. But if they don't win next year, the, the next year and the year after that, they're going to be considered failures. If they ever lose in the playoffs, in the finals, they're going to be considered failures. So it's like the whole paradigm is shifted for Ke- Kevin Durant. Win- winning one ring will be nice for him, I guess, but it's not about winning one ring now. It's going to be about how many ring- how many rings can this unit win together? Can they stay together? Yeah, not one, not two, not three. Oh, so honestly, <laughs> so that's that's something that um I, I, I think maybe, I don't know, man, it's weird. I think maybe he thought in a way that people would kind of like, oh, he left, and after a couple weeks it'd be better. I don't think he understands the scrutiny that's about to come to him in Golden State right now. And if he does understand it, I mean, I hope he's ready for it. Because like I said, I keep thinking about him turning his back to Russell Westbrook shooting free throws in a, in an Eastern Conference game. Cause he you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he couldn't, he couldn't handle watching that. And now he's he's in for a whole different level of pressure. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me about all this stuff. I, we've covered a... We've covered KD ad nauseum here in the offseason, so I'm actually just excited for the season to start because it's like, okay, now we can actually have some things to talk about beyond what happened in the offseason. Um, is there anything else we need to predict? Um, I think either John Wall or DeMarcus Cousins is gone by the All-Star break. I like it. I like the prediction. That's yeah. the feeling I got. Yeah, I- that whole thing about John Wall and Beal this summer, and then you know, I, I know Boogie's not Boogie can't be happy with what he's what's going on in Sacramento. So yeah, one of them's gonna be gone I mean, by the All Star break. Yeah, I don't know if anyone in Sacramento is happy with what's going on in Sacramento. Oh, dude, the Rudy Gay, the Rudy Gay thing is hilarious. He just like, I, yes, I'll be playing for Sacramento. I, I, this is my job. I have to play for Sac. He just he basically is like he. I'm surprised he didn't have a. He's like if you watch him blink in his interviews, it's saying SOS help me. SOS help me. If you, yeah, you decode it. Please get me out of here. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him. Did you think he was at all – is he still a trade piece that the Thunder should look into? I don't 
think so. We'll see. I'll I'll say let's see how the first month and a half of the season goes. Yeah. Because he, I mean, he he'd be a he'd be an asset. You know what I'm saying? He he's yeah. a, he is a, he's a stretchy kind of four, and he be, he's better than anybody they got now. Um, he was actually really good in Sacramento last year. I have to, I have, you know, as much as I don't like him as a player, I think just because of what I saw of him before in Memphis. Yeah, he'd help. He definitely he's the pro. He'd give you seventeen to seven from the power forward spot. I mean, yeah, and he's a guy that I mean, if you can get him for cheap, like why not? And it seems like in that situation, they might, if you waited out, could probably get by with giving up like a Mitch McGarry or something. Um, Mitch got to go. Yeah, you got to get yeah. Mitch out of there. I'm surprised he's still around, actually. And they like were in Spain, and he was posting Instagrams like with the team. And I'm just kind of like, is this dude? I don't know. I don't. And you know what? This is my this is one of my problems. I'm starting to have with OKC though. Um, the James Harden thing. They let it they let it drag out until right before like a week before the season started. Yeah. Reggie Jackson. They let it drag out all summer. Let it. He was unhappy, unhappy on the bench until the trade deadline. They they try to ring every drop they can out of every situation like that and i think they ignore uh, a key thing about chemistry sometimes you gotta just get rid of a guy just get just even if you just say hey you know what we're gonna work on training you just go home don't come around the team yeah and i, I don't like that they do that and like even now mitch mcgarry cut him do something trade him for, for for scraps for another second round pick but i mean yes he's a talent but he's not worth this kind of headache yeah uh, totally agree do you got a few minutes? I've been doing this thing called the off-topic to- 10 in the off-season because there's not much else to talk about. Where I ask 10 off-topic questions. Okay, well, hey, first I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Thoughts on Samaj Christian? Um, he's, he looks really good the couple times I've seen him this preseason, and there's talk that he might just be the backup. Like, he's good enough to be a backup right now, and so they're not really going to make a move with uh, campaign missing right now. They, they might just run him out there. My thoughts on Samaj Christian are that I don't really have that many thoughts on him. It's like with him or Ronnie Price, I'm kind of like either one. I don't really care either way. I think that Ronnie Price obviously has the experience, but I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to try Samaj Christian for a little bit and see what you have working. I mean, they got the beginning, of, they got two easy games to start. I think you kind of run them both out there and try to figure out who can maybe grab the identity of the second unit. Cause that was the huge thing for the thunder last year was that their second unit for the longest time, no one really knew it was just sloppy. And then I think campaign, once he started to find a rhythm with them, they started to kind of play better. And I think that's just what you, I think it doesn't hurt to kind of give them each run on certain nights and see who grabs the spot. But I don't, I, I mean, I've heard good things about him too. I, I'm not gonna lie. I only saw a little bit of him, so I don't have too many opinions on him, but uh, he looked good. Yeah. And I do. He looked it, real good. Yeah, I was like what, in our Marina on our site loves him too. And so I'm just like, yeah, I mean, uh, and, okay. yeah. And Ronnie price. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not no, excited Ronnie about Ronnie, just, price. Ronnie, Ronnie price is your third string break break in case of emergency. He's more of a coach on the bench kind of guy. I'm pretty sure about that. You'll see him get, you know, keep his legs a little warm, put him out there every now and then. Yeah. But he's, he's the, he's the, you know, break glass gates emergency backup guy. Yeah, I'm good with that. I like that. him, though. He plays, he plays hard. He's a scrapper. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Let's go. All right, let's go off topic. Let's do it. All right, what is the last movie that you watched? I just watched Jack Reacher today. A review? Uh, for the first time. I read all the books, so I'm still not pleased that they made Tom Cruise Jack Reacher. Uh, I've heard this. Because isn't, yeah, wasn't Jack Reacher like a tall, big dude? He's supposed to be massive, like 6'6", six, six, like 250 pounds. He's supposed to be like a huge, massive, strong guy. And they got Tom Cruise in there looking all – and he's supposed to be like rugged, like face all beat up and scarred and stuff. And you got Tom Cruise in there. so. Um, but it was decent. Uh, it was okay. all right. Okay. Number two, what is your guilty pleasure TV show? 
guilty play probably Golden Girls. Golden Girls. You're the second person who's given me that answer. Damn it. I thought I, can't, I, thought I can't, it'd be unique here. I, I love Golden Girls, man. I'm trying to remember who gave me it the last time though. Now I'm forgetting. I'm a bad I'm a bad host. You love Golden Girls. All right. Number three. If you if you were going to die tomorrow, what would be your last meal? Oh, so it's my last meal. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat it all. Uh, I'd have a nice thick, uh, medium rare ribeye uh, with a loaded baked potato with everything, sour cream, all that good stuff. Um, with yeah. a side of carne, with a side of just nice carne asada meat and some 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 limes. Oh, some you're avocados. you're mixing cuisines. That's awesome. I'm doing it. It's my last meal. I'm gonna stuff myself to about the bus. Yeah. You mentioned avocado, so I know you're in San Diego, and that's where I was, and I moved up to Northwest, and avocados suck up here, and I just, like, every time I go back down there, I just get so sad that I'm like, man, I miss having good avocados. They're so good in California. Okay. So delicious. <laughs> hey, you know what? When I see people say, like, I hate avocados, I'm thinking, you must live somewhere they have yeah, bad avocados. exactly. You, you get a nice, fresh avocado. There's an avocado tree in my backyard, bro, and we can, uh, I can go out there, cut it, and just slice them open. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I eat them up here, and they just taste like water, and it's like, ugh. And they're still, I still like them because I just love avocados. All right, number four. What is your cocktail of choice? Um, probably. That's a good question. I like tequila. I like to, I'll take. I'll drink tequila straight on the rocks. Dang, with your with your carne asada and lime, that's a great combo. SoCal baby. <laughs> yeah, you're San Diego to the max right now. Number okay. five, hot dogs or hamburgers? Oh, hamburgers all day. Excellent. Number six, city in America that you have visited that you most want to go back to. City in America that I visited that I like to go back to. Uh, Long Beach is fun to go back to, so that's here local. Um, where where else do I think of? Probably Miami. I got family in Miami, so yeah, Miami. I went to Miami for the first time this summer. It was awesome. I, I it's totally, pretty incredible. I totally get it, LeBron. <laughs> like you're kind of like, oh yeah, you wanted to go there for a few years. I don't blame you for it at all. <laughs> My only problem with Miami is the constant humidity in the summer. Oh yeah, I can't take it though. I I don't know how I, I can't. I don't know how people live there. Yeah, I went in June and it was pretty rough. Um, number seven, city in America that you have not visited that you would most like to visit. I think Portland. I heard good things about Portland. I went to Portland for the first because I'm like driving distance now. I went there like a couple months ago. It's awesome. I really want to go back and especially gonna, yeah, I like food and they have really good food there. So I'm gonna find weekend and just take my butt up there just fly up there and spend spend a couple days just hanging out do it i'll drive down and meet you uh, let's do it bro all right and maybe we'll see a blazers game too <laughs> we'll, let's do it i'm we'll down go heckle dame all right i'm ready um number eight favorite zoo animal you got a great zoo down there yeah san Diego zoo is pretty cool it's just it's almost too big and too packed all the time yeah. um favorite zoo animal i like seeing the polar bears because at the at the san diego zoo yep. you can see them swimming around oh yeah the big glass thing oh no i'm lying my favorite is the uh the snake house so yeah we go we, the reptile house oh, you like the reptile snakes? House, the, dude they got some really cool ones in the reptile house here in san diego just different different reptiles different kind of lizards snakes it's i'm pretty, trying to remember if everyone went in there if i was too scared to go in there because i don't like snakes man <laughs> um all right, number nine, favorite sport to follow besides basketball? Uh, basketball? No, besides basketball. But that's all. That's the only answer. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> thing I really follow. Yeah, yeah. Dang. If, if I, yeah, I'm, I'm. I mean, and I used to. I used to follow the NFL pretty tough, and uh, even even the the Braves in baseball. But I, w- I went overseas for a couple years in the military, and I kind of lost track. This is yeah. Uh, and so yeah, since I got back, it's just NBA all day, man. I will I, say that's I, I, yeah. That's kind of been the thing with Durant leaving in this offseason. I've kind of like peeled, kind of like opened my eyes a little bit to more sports, but yeah, I, I, I am definitely focused on basketball. 
Uh, and then number 10, I'm going to put you on the spot. You have to ask me a question, and then you have to answer it, too. I'll give you Damn a few it. minutes. Because <laughs> I, I just asked you a question, too. I, I shouldn't ask you so early about Samaj. Um, it's, it's off topic. Huh? Okay. Uh, off topic. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. So uh, tomorrow you wake up with $50 million. So money's not an object. Excellent. What animal do you make as a pet? You can get it from when it's a little cub or a little whatever, and they, you get to grow up with it and domesticate it. What animal <laughs> do you get? Money is no topic, no, is no object. You can build whatever kind of pen or, or domicile you I want think, for it. I think this ties into my favorite zoo animal, and it would be a little chimp. I just think baby monkeys are adorable, and I just think they're fun. They're kind of like a little bit like humans, and I like when like animals do human things, but in like animal ways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd probably go with the little chimp. Okay, so here, hey, unrelated, did you ever see the story about that woman who had a pet chimp who ripped off her friend's face? <laughs> I've, I've heard of it, yes, and now I'm uh, – are you making me change my answer now? <laughs> no, no, no. Enjoy your chimp, buddy. Yeah. Just sleep sleep I'm gonna, with one eye open. I'm going to train it extra good. <laughs> I'll just lock one it in my open, room. buddy. Yeah. What's your answer? Oh, crap. I do have to answer the same question. Um, What would mine be? If you say a snake, I swear to God. No, because you know what's funny. I mean, I'm I'm not that cool snake. I want to own one, but um, <laughs> pet probably a giraffe, dude. They look pretty cool. Yeah, I do like when you walk in the zoo and they're just hanging out there. Oh, either that or <laughs> um, have you ever seen a baby bison? I have not. I like bison yeah, actually, meat though. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a picture of one. They they're pretty, and that's pretty cruel of you right now. You're gonna, you you're gonna eat my 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 pet bison. <laughs> I won't go after yours. Well, maybe if it's old. Nah, he'll be too. He'll be too. Too stringy and tough. Too tough. Yeah, never mind. You can have your no, pet bison. I'd, I'll say a giraffe. Yeah, <laughs> I think because they they look they just look pretty cool. Yeah. And then imagine that I'm walking down the street, and people are like, "Oh shit, it's a giraffe!" And I got <laughs> got a collar on them. We're walking down the street. That's a giraffe. Yeah. Well, and they'd probably keep him in your backyard, and they drive by like, "Is that a giraffe in the backyard?" Because you yeah, just see his exactly. head. Oh man, what a sweet place. Well, hey man, this has been fun. I'm so excited that the season's about to start. I assume you're the same. Are you ready to? Start watching basketball every night. Are the people in your life ready for that to happen again? I'm I'm pretty excited, man. Um, like I said, I, I don't know if you saw when I tweeted this, but I actually bought the league pass all in one all in one fell swoop instead of doing the installments. So I'm really excited. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna ring I'm gonna ring every drop I can out of this one. Nah, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, every 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 evening, I can come home and watch two or three games. It's gonna be nuts. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. And so it starts. We are gonna post this hopefully Monday, and then uh, yeah, it'll start. Tuesday with Cavs and Warriors are both in action that night, right? I believe the Cavs are the first game, the Warriors are the second game. Warriors just, Spurs. I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. I'm actually recording with Fred Katz uh, of oh, the nice. Mormon transcript. Yep, I'm, he's actually in town, San Diego. He asked me to come do a live pod with him, so I'm gonna nice. see him on yeah. Tuesday night. Um, B-Wall Breakdown is gonna be doing some pods after after the games on Tuesday, so you guys keep out, out for that. Definitely, yeah. And then you're on Twitter at Snotty Drippin', so uh, check you out there. And thank, yep, do, yep. Thank you very much, and thank you everybody for listening. And we'll start doing this every week again. Have a hey, Chris, one. thanks for having, thanks for having me on, brother. Thanks, James. Peace. Yeah.